Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. On Faith Radio. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold. What a great hour we have with Dr. Michael Heiser. If you missed any of that, maybe you just pulled, uh, turned on the radio with just 10 minutes to go. You're going to want to hit rewind. Go to MyFaithRadio.com and hear that hour from the start. It was fascinating. We talked about angels and spiritual beings, demons. And I don't know if you are uh, reading through Luke together with us this month, but uh, this Advent season, the, the whole Faith Radio team is, we're trying to take this season this opportunity to just know Jesus better. So we're all reading through the Gospel of Luke. We started December 1st, and we're going to go through Christmas Eve. We're going to just be reading a chapter a day to better understand who Jesus is and why he came. And if you want to join us, you can do that. You can sign up online at myfaithradio.com. Just open your Bible and start reading along. And that way, together, we can grow in our faith and celebrate the greatest gift this world has ever known, the birth of our our Savior Jesus. So we're in Luke 4 today, and I just, uh, I love the response Jesus has after he was led into the wilderness and tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and uh, at the end of them, he was really hungry. And the devil's first temptation was, if you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become bread. I love the way Jesus always answered. He started with, it is written. He went with what his thinking was, because I'm sure his feeling was, you're right, I'm really starved, I'd love some bread. But he acted on his thinking. He let his thinking lead the way. Let me tell you what is written, man shall not live on bread alone. And then he was tempted again, and he responded the same way. It is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I just love that he would always start with thinking. He'd always start with what the word says. And what a great default position for all of us. If we get to know the word, and we have it in our hearts and ready on our lips, we can respond accordingly. We don't have to go on based on what our feelings are, but we can go on what the Word says and live victoriously. All right, Jason Stonehouse, pastor of Grace Church in Roseville, uh, Minnesota, is here in my studio. Uh, he's been there 13 years, originally from Jersey. So we're going to take 60 seconds and bring him on. The Word of God offers constant wisdom and encouragement. It contains the teachings of Jesus coming directly from the Father and helpful insights into who God is in our daily lives. You can learn more through the Scriptures through the Faith Radio verse of the day. Every day you'll receive an encouraging verse and a beautiful image via email that's easy to share. Sign up for the free verse of the day at MyFaithRadio.com under the Subscriptions tab or text the word VERSE to 555-888. Find fresh inspiration this Christmas through Daniel Darling's book, The Characters of Christmas, The Unlikely People Caught Up in the Story of Jesus. Learn more about key characters who are not often focused on. Enter the story in new ways and celebrate this wonderful season together with family. We're giving away one copy of The Characters of Christmas each day this week. Enter to win at MyFaithRadio.com.
Thank you for being with me today. I hope your day's been going well. Already Wednesday, middle of the week. Week's kind of flying by already, which is A-OK. I've got Jason Stonehouse in studio. He's the pastor of Grace Church in Roseville, Minnesota. He's been there 13 years. He's author of the book Something More and the web resource at lifeinprocess.com. His lovely wife is Lisa, and they have three daughters, 17, 15, and 12. So you know that house is busy. Jason, welcome back. (laughs) Hey, thanks. It's good to be here. You know, it's interesting when we think of when you had little daughters and you took them to the zoo and they were really young and and they would see a bear at the zoo, they would go, wow, right? (laughs) Yeah. But if you take them when they're 20 to the zoo, they go, ah, a bear. Been there, seen that. Been there. I mean, the wonder, the wonder's gone. Yeah. I mean, it's... um, it's and wonder is something we I hate I hate to lose it but we need to get it back don't we yeah, yeah. I, we're actually doing a uh, series at our church right now for the Christmas season, just talking about recapturing that sense of wonder that it seems like most of us lost when we, you know, when we grew up. So we, we have that. You see it in kids. You see it when they open a present or they're like, mm-hmm. wow, you know, or Christmas morning, walk down and all of a sudden see all these presents under the tree. And it's like, ah, you know, this sense of awe that I think... Um, that we've lost. And I think part of it might be because of our culture and all of the special effects and everything. Like we're, it's hard to impress us these days. Mm-hmm. You know, I've even had these m- small complaints just as a, a man, my age where you watch like pro football or college football and somebody sc- scores the big touchdown and there's that primal scream, <laughs> you know, coming from the player, right? Uh, or if it's in baseball, or you know, you just see that that primal screaming passion of this is so awesome, yeah. You know, and I sometimes feel envious that you don't, you know, you don't have that. I'm not in that environment anymore, where you can have that kind of that incredible over the top response. Yeah, but and I, yeah, and I think we miss a lot of of God. We miss out on experiencing God because there's so much about God that is awesome, but we use the word awesome. For everything, for right. pizza, for, you know, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so we've lost the sense of awe. We've lost that sense of wonder, I think, as as believers, as followers of Jesus, but just even as people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, our senses get dulled quickly, don't they? Yeah, yeah, they do. I mean, you get out of your routine for a day and you find yourself in a different environment where you're starting to observe things differently. Mm-hmm. And you start to go, whoa, 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 I didn't notice that before. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I was even thinking about this in relation to Thanksgiving, you know, why, why do we need a, a day to remind us to be thankful? And part of it is I think we all live with this sense of entitlement, like I'm entitled to this. So gratitude sometimes is hard to come by because we think, well, I deserve this. And we're told from media and advertisers all the time, you deserve this, you deserve this, you know. And so we're told that so often that when something even basic happens in our lives, we're like, yeah, whatever. Like it's not something that we really are full of gratitude. Wow, I get to eat today. Mm-hmm. Wow, I get to enjoy this today. Right. And we've and so we need Thanksgiving to remind us and we go around the table, hey, what are you thankful for? And we some of us have a hard time because we just think we're just like, I don't know anything special happened. It's like you had a breath today. You woke up this morning. You know, there's mm-hmm. some real opportunity. And I think if we would approach our lives with that sense of wonder, like, wow, I get to do this rather than like I have to do this, mm-hmm. I think it would really change things. We do take stuff for granted. Yeah, we you know, do. Some days it's harder than others to get to the gym. Um, and when I sometimes I'm there and I'm feeling like I'm phoning it in a little bit, mm-hmm. I always say to myself, 
what if this was your last able body workout? Mm. This is the last time you were had an mm-hmm. able body and you were able to do it for the last time. Mm-hmm. What kind of enthusiasm might you have? <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. If if you know Christopher Reeve right. is on a horse. One day he jumps off and then he doesn't move again for the rest of his life. Right, yeah. I don't know why I brought that up, but Yeah, that's kind of morbid. It is totally <laughs> terribly morbid. You're talking about wonder and happy things and I'm bringing in <laughs> death and dis- <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, okay. But I think you understand the point yeah. is we, we take for granted, we feel entitled, and uh, we need to be grateful. Yeah, yeah. And I think that sense of wonder is something that we just don't, we don't create space for it in our lives. We don't create space. We don't create time. Um, it's just, we just kind of are moving to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing. And it's kind of like, you know, the way I often eat ice cream, you know, it's just, I just pile it in and pile it in. And then you're like, wait, I just ate a half a thing of ice cream. And I'm like, did I savor any of it? Did no. I enjoy any of it? No, <laughs> you know? And so it's just that idea. I say to my girls all the time, I'm like, save just savor mm-hmm. this moment <laughs> because and we just don't we're just such busy people that we don't take the time to even savor the moments yeah that we so have. what are the baby steps we can take to try to recapture the wonder i mean think of reading genesis the first three chapters and you think that god put in place everything he did and then uh he sent his son who mm-hmm. became a little crying baby in a manger mm-hmm. does that not just light up every neuron in your head? Right, you would think. Uh, it does me. <laughs> so one of the things I discovered this year, so I preach Christmas every year as a pastor, and you're always trying to find a fresh angle and all that. Well, I discovered something. I read all of the arrival of Jesus from every single gospel, and I tried to look for what what was it about these different characters of Christmas that gave them a sense of wonder and that allowed them to be a part of this amazing experience from God. So... Um, So in Luke, you have the shepherds, and the shepherds are up on the hillside, and they get to see the angel, and the angel says, I got great news, and all this amazing stuff. Then in Matthew, you have the the wise men, the magi, who get to see the star, who then go to experience Jesus. And then in John, which is not necessarily the birth story, but it is the arrival of Jesus when he says he came. You know, he came to his people, and his own people didn't accept him, didn't receive him. But then he says to all who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. And so in all three of those stories, in the first two stories, you have people that had um, capacity, that were open, that were looking. So the, the shepherds were just out in a field. They had space. And all of a sudden, they got to experience the angels. The wise men saw this star. Now, I thought to myself, how many people saw that star? Maybe they were too busy. I mean, it's it was a star. It wasn't yeah. like it was a special appearance just to the wise men, but the wise men were the ones who saw it. Why? Because they were searching the skies. They were constantly looking at those things. And then in John, you have people didn't receive him. People weren't accepting of him. And so really what the trend I noticed in all three stories is this idea of openness, this idea of am I open to the wonder of God or am I so busy or am I so trying to control all of my world and all of my circumstances that I haven't created space for God to show up. I haven't created space for God to surprise me. I haven't created space for God to really work in my life. And when I saw that trend there, I'm like, what are, what are we missing out on right now? Because we're always driving to the next thing, to the next thing, to the next thing when God's like, I have some great news of great joy for all the people. I want to share it with you. 
oh, sorry, God, if I can fit you in between 2.45 and 3 p.m., you know, I got a 15-minute window. I need you to come. Like, you know, we do that with our devotional time or a quiet time. We say, God, I need you to show up, and I need you to speak right now. And I just think we don't create the space. And so if you want to talk about baby steps, that would be step one, is you've got to find ways to make room in your life for God to show up. Yeah, and this is not an easy time of the year because most of us are busy enough as it is, and then you add the holidays and all the hectic busyness and noise that come into our lives. We're going to talk about that some more when we come back with Jason Stonehouse. He's the pastor of Grace Church in Roseville, Minnesota. And we're going to uh, continue on our topic of wonder. If you have any uh, questions you have for us or any contributions you'd like to make to this discussion, let me know what they are. Send me a text, 877-933-2484. How do you keep the wonder alive and fresh in your life? We'll be right back. back with Jason Stonehouse, pastor of Grace Church in Roseville, talking about wonder. He's preaching on a series of wonder at his church this Christmas time, and we're trying to investigate how we can recapture that wonder. Um, Have we lost some of our awe, Mm -hmm. and does that affect how we worship and how we think and how we communicate and how we do life? And I'd say the answer is probably for most of us, yeah, we've lost some of our wonder and awe. Yeah, yeah, we have. And now we're getting busier and busier, Jason, with the holidays, and there's more noise in our heads than usual. Mm-hmm. So do we have a false sense of security? Yeah, I think for some of us, we actually prefer the busyness and the noise. I mean, think of how many of us, when we come home uh, after work or whatever, the first thing many of us do is put on the TV or turn on the radio or something to have noise so that we're not just sitting there in quiet. And that's because I think for some of us, this sense of if I'm all alone with no noise and it's quiet, then I got to deal with stuff that's going on in me and I don't want to have to think about that stuff. And so, so I think sometimes... Even though there's no noise, there's a noise in our head. There's a false sense of security that is built by, let me create an environment where I don't have to think about things. But the reality is, is that God wants to deal with our hearts. God wants to meet us on a heart level. And if we only look at the surface of our lives and we only relate to people and to God from the surface of our lives, then we never really see the change and transformation that we want to see when God really gets into our hearts Mm -hmm. and when God really speaks to our hearts. So I always tell people, you're going to have to go through that tunnel of loneliness, insecurity, all of those kinds of issues that tend to come up, some of the pains from our past, in order to get to that place where you can start dealing on a heart level with God. And you're just going to have to deal with some of the brokenness that sin causes in our lives. That's a tough one. It is. Yeah. Yeah. That is not um, the faint at heart, is it? So I think, so I guess what I'm saying is I think with wonder, some people are too busy to take time to wonder. Some of us are maybe not as busy and we'd prefer more busyness so we don't have to think about Mm -hmm. some of those places where God can speak. So usually I've found with people, they're on one side or the other, either they just can't create or won't create space or they're filled with um, so much self-doubt and struggle that they're not willing to really deal with. And so both people really end up missing out on experiencing God. What about uh, trying to hear God's still small voice? 
Yeah, yeah, it's really interesting when he says be when he says be still and know that I am God. And so there's there's something that I can know or some uh, opportunity to know God in a different way that can only be found by me being still. And I'm not going to find it in the the noise of life. I'm only going to find it. So the story that, you know, God's still small voice flows from that um, Elijah account. I, th- I believe it's in First Kings 19 um, where he uh, God wants to communicate to him. And so Elijah goes out on the mountain and there's an earthquake and there's fire and there's wind. And God isn't in any of those things. All the noise he's not in. Mm-hmm. And then finally, it's in God's still small voice that... Uh, Elijah gets to hear from God and God says, what are you doing here, Elijah? And so it's fine. You know, you would think, and I think all of us would think, well, God's going to do some grand gesture and I'm going to really get to hear him. But oftentimes we're looking in the wrong places. We've got to get still enough for his still small voice to, to speak in our lives. Yeah. I think a lot of people have heard that time and time again, we have to slow down, yeah, right? Yeah. And we have to find this space in life where we can receive from the Lord mm-hmm. Uh, it's hard to do it if you always have something in your head yeah. and you're never away from your noise and your busyness. Yeah. And I think you also have to learn to let go of our own expectations and our desire to control things. I think so many of us think we control more than we really do. And so, like, like for example, when people come over for the holidays, it's like we, we want to control all the relationships and all the dynamics <laughs> and all the people. How's You're going to sit here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's something in us that says, if I could just control my world, if I could just manage my world, then everything would be predictable. And by doing that, they actually miss out on the wonder because Mm -hmm. they're having this sense. And so you, so I always tell people you need to let go of this desire to control because that's when you're going to really experience some great things. Mm -hmm. Jason, what does the word reflection mean to you and how do you apply it in your own life? So one of the things that has, has begun to bring some wonder back to my life is just taking time. A lot of times it's like one time a week for, I'll, I'll usually take like two hours. Maybe I'll go for a walk. Maybe I'll just kind of sit somewhere and think. And I just reflect on what happened that day or what happened that week. Um, where was I, where was my emotions come alive? Maybe negative emotions, maybe positive emotions, being able to reflect on what's really going on in me and then really reflecting on who God is. Who does God say I am? What is God calling me to? And so by looking at my story and God's story and putting those two things together, then sometimes it leads to confession. Sometimes it leads to God. I just, I need more of you. Um, Sometimes it's just sitting quiet and just letting God speak into that, into those moments. But if we don't pause, and reflect, um, I think we really miss out on some serious levels of growth in our spiritual lives. And when you think about reflection, you sometimes hear stories of people who have fallen to their knees and they start to worship when they see God in his true glory. Yeah. And they can't do that if they're being noisy. Yeah. Yeah. It's not until you get quiet and you start to realize who you are and who God is, and then you fall to your knees Mm -hmm. and worship. And I know for me, like when people would tell me slow down or people would tell me you need to stop, you need to pause. I'm such a driven person that it's just that was just a very hard task to even think about. So this idea of reflection kind of in a sense gave me something to do in that time. But it actually opened my heart to God really moving in my life. So by giving myself, hey, I need to reflect on what happened this week and how did things go? As you said, it often came to points where I'm falling on my knees, but it 
I had to create the time. And if you don't make it's nobody's going to do this for you. Nobody's going to slow down for you because we live in a culture that's all about productivity. It's all about next step. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? And so I think taking the time, making the time on your own to at least put yourself in that environment. And if you're like me and you're a little more driven, you've you know, and you need something to do reflection becomes a great activity for you to just process what's going on in your life. Yeah. And safe to say it's one of the more underutilized gifts from God, reflection. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really does have the potential to change us because when I start seeing, well, why did I react that way to my wife? And then to say, I don't really want to be that kind of man. That now opens up an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to begin to bring some change and transformation in my life to say, I want to be a different kind of man when I'm with my kids, or I want to be a different kind of man. Do you have an inner voice saying to you, I don't want to be that kind of man to your wife when you're being that man to your wife? <laughs> I wish, right? I mean, wish be. Do you not even hear that voice when you're being kind of uh, the man you don't want to be? Isn't there, don't yeah, you even, don't I mean, you even it, hear this? I can't even believe sen- what I'm saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> there is a little bit of sense of that, but then there's also this sense of our pride kicking in and saying like, well, you're not going to talk to me that way. Yeah. Or you're not going to, but your you blood know. pressure's up and your yeah. pulse is flooded and you're exactly. all off the rails at that point. <laughs> and that's why I say like with reflection, you're saying, what is God's ideal or who has God made me to be? And then who am I right now? And then how do I move towards who God made me to be? And that's part of that reflection time is the saying, what parts of me are not lining up? with who God designed me to be from the creation of the world. All right. That's a lot to think about. I love the idea of reflection. I think it's, I think it's something that I, I would encourage everyone to try to do some more of, including me, because I sometimes feel so busy throughout the day and you have to get ready for the next show and you've got to get prepped and mm-hmm. you're not, I, I, I need to reflect more Yeah, yeah. And, and just to stand in awe of, of who God is, even though I am in awe of who he is. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a something that has to I have to work too hard at. Right. Um, but hearing his still small voice, that might be harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It really is. And you you need to create the time for it, and it's not going to just happen for you. But sometimes for me, it might only be ten minutes on my drive home from work, or it may be, and then I might have to wait a week before I get a good hour that I can do that. So I'm not saying that it's it's an easy thing to be able to do, but if we don't make the effort to try to create the space, it's just never going to happen. Yeah. Um, listener Terry says, I keep the wonder alive by always praising God the first thing as I get up every morning. Also try to be thankful and content in all my seasons. I also eliminate all distractions in my home. I only listen to Christian radio. No to very little TV. I also do not own a smartphone or have internet. As convicting as it may be, I try to live in the presence of the Lord. I love this segment with Jason. Oh, well, that's good. How nice is that? Yeah, that is very good. Yeah, if you have a little bit of encouragement as to how you keep the wonder alive, send me a text. Let me know, 877-933-2484, 877-933-2484. Jason Stonehouse is my guest. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion on wonder. Kids seem to have it, especially around Christmas time, and most of us kind of lose it. So let's uh, send me a text, 877-93-FAITH. We'll be right back.
And welcome back to the show. I've got Jason Stonehouse in the studio. He is the pastor at Grace Church in Roseville, Minnesota. We're talking about wonder, and it's a, Christmas is a great time to talk about wonder. I just had a, a, a listener, um, Jason, named Sheila. She said, I've been meditating on the fear of the Lord. Mm. Um, just the awesome power all around us in the universe and it, even in the natural world. If we stop and look at something as common but awesome as a tree changing with the seasonal cycles, it can elicit a sense of just how awesome God is. I'm loving this interview. It's like an extension of what the Lord showed me this morning. Psalm 211 says, serve the Lord with reverential awe. Mm. Yeah, I, you know, there's two different kinds of fear when it comes. There's the fear of me being hurt, and then there's the fear of me hurting someone, right? So I can love someone to such a degree that I'm afraid, like, I don't want to do anything to, to mess this up. I don't want to do anything to, to harm you. And then there's another side of fear, which we often think of in fear, and we think, oh, I'm afraid that somebody's going to hurt me, or I'm afraid something bad's going to happen in my life. And so, so a lot of people don't understand the fear of the Lord because they think fear of the Lord means I'm going to be focused on, oh, I have to be afraid that God's going to hurt me or <laughs> that something bad's going to happen. But really, the proper way of looking at the fear of the Lord is there's such a love relationship, not only for me towards God, but God towards me, that I'm, a, I'm more afraid to say, this is so good. I don't want this to mess up. I don't want to lose this. or I don't want to harm or disappoint God because of that relationship that I have. And so some people misunderstand what your listener was talking about there with the fear of the Lord, mm-hmm. but it's really this fear that comes out of a love for the other person um, that, you, you know, when I think of fearing that I'm going to harm one of my daughters or that something bad's going to happen to her or whatever. I'm that's a good kind of fear where it's like, hey, I want to protect you. I, I care about you. I love you. You know, so. mm-hmm. I love your illustration, too, about just something as simple as a tree changing with the seasonal cycles. I mean, there's some trees that the dead leaves hang on the tree all winter mm-hmm. and they don't come off until the new one comes in. Right. I mean, you can just sit and, and be in awe of all the different types of trees and the different ways leaves leaves uh, come off and come back on in the spring and it's spectacular. Yeah. And I, I, I also, cause I'm a preacher, I often think about things like that and look at the metaphor of that, but how many of us kind of hang on to some things of the old, uh, way too long, you know, like the tree hanging on to that leaf way too long, you <laughs> yeah. know, it's time to let that go. And like I was talking about before, letting go of our expectations or letting go of our need to control things. And if I'm willing to let those things go, but if I'm not, then there's no room for that new growth. There's no room for those new leaves to, to begin to come yeah. in our lives we're not willing to let go. Yeah. Jerry just jumped in and says, as the years go by and I grow closer and closer to God, I seem to become more and more aware of my own sinfulness, which makes God's grace and mercy more and more mind blowing. Yeah. There's the wonders pop back in. Yeah. We've lost the, uh, the sense of amazing grace when we sing that song, amazing grace, like how amazing is grace to us these days? And for some of us, like for me, I grew up in a Christian home and I became a believer when I was five years old. And so it, sometimes it becomes challenging for me really to fully grasp the, the breadth of that grace. But the more that I understand and the more that I live with myself and say, 
wow, he saved me before, you know, before I even had a chance to um, respond to him. He loved me first, and then I, I love him in response. And, uh, and that's just an amazing, amazing thing. And that does produce more of that wonder that we're talking about uh, back in our lives. And we just get a sense of how much grace um, God had towards us, especially those of us who maybe grew up uh, legalistically or grew up trying to perform for God mm-hmm. instead of just really receiving that grace. Yeah. And Jason, another listener said medical difficulties can become moments of awe when we follow the advice of Psalm 4610, mm-hmm. which is, be still and know that I am God. I mean, I have a feeling this listener is suffering, yeah, but yet is seeing the awesome power and holiness and wonder of the Lord yeah. by being still. Yep. That's, I, I just love that courage. Thank you for sharing that, this yeah. listener. I don't know your name, but thank you. All the listeners are giving some great, great comments. And what does he mean when he says know that I am God. In a sense, I mean, I'm just kind of thinking about it, but is he saying, know that you're not, (laughs) you know, like is is part of that be still and know that I am God. Is he trying to say like, you don't have to control, you don't have to fix this. This is, this is bigger than you. And God is saying, look, I'm still God. Mm, I'm still on the throne. I'm still in charge here. And so be still. And the only way you're going to really know that I'm God is you stop striving. You stop trying to make it happen. You stop trying to force it and just be still and let me be God. Let me do my job. (laughs) I almost feel like God's saying, let me do my job. You do your job. (laughs) Jason, let's talk about wonder in the sense of Mary, who must have been this, you know, 14, 15, 16 yeah. year old, 17 year old girl. I don't know how old she was, but yeah. her amount of wonder is coming into her life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm fascinated with the story um, because this angel shows up. And even though we often say, you know, be it, be to it as you've said, or be to your servant as you said, I forget the exact quote. Um, she doesn't submit, if you will, until after a few questions. How mm-hmm. can this be? You know, this is impossible. This is not. And then, you know, the angel says, nothing's impossible with the Lord. You know, and so there's this sense where I think we often think, oh, I can't have doubts. I can't wonder. I can't. But but she does a lot of that at the beginning. And then as he as he continues to process with her, then she comes to the point of saying, be to it as your servant. Uh, I'm your servant. And so there's a sense when we're trying to discover how to recapture the wonder of Christmas. I think that we can take a lesson from Mary here. And number one, that we need to sincerely ask the questions, not just say, oh, that's interesting. I mean, she's face to face with an angel. But then beyond that, to say, am I willing to be humble enough to say, God, you're in charge. I'm, if you want this to be a part of my life, then great. And then she sings the first Christmas carol, right? So I, I believe it's in um, the book of Matthew where you have the, um, uh, the song of Mary, or maybe it's Luke. I'm not sure which count right now. But the idea being that she sings the first uh, Christmas carol. And in that, in that song, she says, blessed am I. And you think about it, she's about to be in a sense, maybe falsely accused from her husband because she's pregnant and can't explain why she's a teenager, which in that culture, she's betrothed, which means for her to no longer be engaged would mean would be the equivalent of a divorce in our culture. And so she's facing all of this. What she's going to face is a societal um, uh, pressure and stigma against her. She's going to be thought very poorly of by, you know, by, of being a loose woman or whatever. So she's going all this. And then she's saying, boy, blessed am I. 
because she gets this bigger picture. Even though her circumstances really haven't changed that much, she's, it's actually become a lot worse for her because she was poor and all of these things. But now she says, I'm blessed. And the reason she's blessed is because she had an encounter with the living God. She had an opportunity to be a part of God's plan, and that changed everything for her. And so I, I think of my own life and the way I would describe myself as blessed tends to be more on the externals. Right. I'm Mm -hmm. blessed. Wow. I I can afford this car. I can afford to go out to eat. I can whatever it might be. Um, Whereas Mary is blessed because she just she's blessed about her relationship with God and the fact that she has found favor with God and he has chosen her to be a part of this. And um, to me, there's just a message there for myself to say, what do I really consider blessing? And I think it's even what your listener was saying earlier about maybe these medical things or physical things. We tend to say, well, boy, I'm not blessed right now because I'm going through such a hardship. Um, But if we really look at and redefine blessing to say, no, I'm blessed because I'm in right relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. As we talk about wonder and even last hour, we talked to Dr. Michael Heiser. We were chatting about angels and spiritual beings. Think of the job Gabriel had leaving the throne room of heaven to come and appear to Mary and say, you are going to be the mother of the Messiah. Mm. Talk about wonder. Yeah. How would you like to deliver that news? <laughs> yeah. And I, I love how um, every, every time the angels show up, hey, fear not. Like, <laughs> doesn't that always work, right? Like when, when you're freaking out, somebody says to you, hey, don't freak out. Oh, that works every time, right? <laughs> but the angel comes and says, fear not. Like, oh, okay, that made everything better. Um, but yeah, I mean, to think about the opportunity that Gabriel had to be the, the messenger of this amazing news, this plan that had been in motion for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. You know, from the beginning in the garden to say now it's finally coming to, uh, you know, where it's going to be real. It's going to be real. Yeah. I just find some of this uh, so interesting. And there is my wonder kicking in, Jason, where you think of some of the jobs and tasks that that God has given. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this angelic messenger visits Mary and has to say, don't be afraid. I'm here to tell you something amazing. And she interacts with this angel who has just left the throne room of heaven with the most amazing news. Mm-hmm. How does that not make you just get goosebumps? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and to think about God looking at you and me, Bill, and saying, you're favored. Oh, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like you look <laughs> throughout the chunk of wonder. Yeah. I mean, you look throughout the scriptures. That's how God sees us. He favors us. He accepts us. He calls us his beloved, you know, and and so that picture that God looks at me that way and me knowing myself the way I know myself, I'm like, really, God? And yeah, if there's anything that's going to give you that sense of wonder, it's like God knows you thoroughly and yet loves you thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And even Mary's response to the angel, um, how is this going to be? Because I'm a virgin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I was reading something on that today, and, uh, you know, if if God would have done it a different way and had Joseph involved in the process, well, then it really wouldn't be the – man could get credit for it. Mm-hmm. You know, man birthed this child. But the fact that God birthed this child, the Holy Spirit birthed this child um, through a human being um, really remains that salvation comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from man. It doesn't come from me being able to do things. And I, I found that fascinating that God needed to do it this way to make sure that we went back to it is not by works, but it is by grace alone that we are saved. So if you walked uh, into your door tonight, and your wife said to you, greetings, you who are highly favored. <laughs> 
What have you done with my wife? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get I get where you're going with that though. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we're talking about wonder and some listeners have really sent in some great uh stories about how they are um finding wonder in their life and um, I'd love to hear from you because uh, this is so encouraging to other listeners. If you have a, a little story that you want to say, tell us how you're experiencing wonder. Because as an adult, we can kind of be dulled. Our senses can be dulled and we can find ourselves in routine and tradition. And we lose a little bit of the awe and the wonder and the fear of the Lord. And if you have a story, let us know what it is. 877 Jason Stonehouse is the pastor of Grace Church in Roseville, Minnesota, right here. And we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion on wonder. back to the show. Glad to have Jason Stonehouse here in studio. We're talking about wonder. Jason, you also have a web resource called lifeinprocess.com. Tell me about that, would you? Yeah. So um, one of the things that I've tried to do is know that um, there's opportunities beyond my own church to be able to impact and interact with different folks. And so um, I created lifeinprocess.com as a, as a place to keep resources, free articles. I have a podcast that we run out of there. Um, I also have developed some journals and cards. And then obviously my book, Something More, is over there as well. So lifeinprocess.com, I just really want to meet people where they are in um, process of their lives and how um, the spiritual growth that happens in our lives happens as we're in process. It doesn't happen by saying, hey, this moment, I'm going to change everything. Um, it's just more of a process. And so I want to just kind of join people in their journey and uh, share some of my own journey as we go through that. And so lifeandprocess.com is where I get a chance to do all of that in addition to the stuff that I get to do at church. Sweet. So. Let's talk a little bit about uh, faith and the wonder of faith, because God gives us this gift of faith, and we should be absolutely marveling at the gift, his mercy, his kindness, his goodness to us. Um, but it is all about our relationships, or our relationship with God and our relationship with others. Mm-hmm. So maybe we can talk about um, our faith and how we work it out in relationship with believers and non-believers. Yeah, I think for, uh, at least for people who kind of grew up in church background, I think a lot of times we've defined faith as a set of actions and not really as a, as a relationship. And even as we've talked about spiritual growth, we talk about things like, you know, spiritual disciplines and praying and reading the Bible and all those things are great. But if you do them with the wrong purpose, um, you're going to miss out. So when I was a younger believer, I would often read the Bible. I would often pray, go to church, do those different things and then say, oh, I'm being a good Christian because I've done those things. But today, I really look at my faith a lot differently. I look at it as a relationship, um, which I've known it's a relationship for most of my life. But really, when you start to take that concept of relational faith and then apply it now backwards to prayer and scripture, now I'm saying, 
wait, scripture is the way I get to hear from God. Prayer is the way I get to communicate with God. Now I begin to see this in a relational spectrum. So I think a lot of times people in uh, our backgrounds, Bill, would say things like, well, it's about relationship, not about religion. We get that part. But what about the way it works out? How do we act? Do we look at reading the Bible as a conversation with God where he's actually communicating with us? Do we look at the, the conversations we have with other people as an opportunity for me to live out my faith in some very real ways, to love others um, the way Christ has loved me? Um, I often haven't thought through that lens that everything flows through this idea of relationships. And if I start looking at all of my faith through the lens of a relationship, I begin to see that, number one, I'm not going to arrive. Number two, there's no checklist for me to mark off that I'm doing the right things. And number three, it allows me to actually know God and to feel like he really knows me and really process that in a relational way rather than a mechanical way, which is often how we do it. Mm -hmm. Probably be wise for believers to connect more deeply to this idea of the great wonder of God, because if there's a little bit of wonder in your eyes, you're mm-hmm. going to arouse a lot of curiosity Yeah, with, yeah. with unbelievers. Oh, yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. As opposed to I'm just doing my duty and I'm doing my thing. But if it's like every day God gets to surprise you and every day you get to take like just looking at the seasons changing or you're looking out, looking outside at nature and looking even at different human beings and your interactions with them and you're like, wow, God created all this. Wow, God just surprised me again today. If we could learn to walk through our lives that way, coming flowing from a relationship with God rather than a religion or a sense of duty, I think people would just say, what do you got? What, do you, what is it about you? You just seem to have this glimmer in your eye, as you said, that something big's about to happen or did just happen or mm-hmm. what. So Another listener, uh, Jason, said, I just want to say if you aren't feeling the wonder, if you aren't feeling the presence so much, just know that he hasn't changed. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That God, God is, I, I, I think about that idea of, you know, God sitting at that coffee shop with a cup of coffee and he's just waiting for me to show up, <laughs> you know, like he's yeah. there, he's there for me. And it's not that he's moved. He's like, I'm here, you know, mm-hmm. I can't wait to spend time with you. I mean, think about that, Bill, to say, God can't wait to spend time with you. I know. If you sat down at the coffee shop, he would say to you, Jason, I just have to say, I think about you all day long. I can't get you off my mind. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you want to create some wonder back in your life. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Is that God wants to spend time with me. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. It's it's a powerful reminder. And I think sometimes when we break it down to meeting him at a coffee shop and having a conversation with him, you Mm -hmm. realize he is all about intimacy with us. Mm -hmm. He wants that time. And we're so quick to make time to, um, you know, meet with friends and have a lot of talk which is great. Mm-hmm. Community is great. But how about making sure you get extra time this December to be alone with the Lord? And uh, w- one word I would love to leave with the listeners is this word invite. We're not done yet. Well, I know, but oh, I'm okay. just saying before right. we leave, uh, at some point, I want to bring this word up, Bill. Is that okay and if I bring fine, it up now? I'll, t- I'll tell you when we're All leaving. Right. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> but this idea of invite, that, that God is inviting us He's inviting us to have a cup of coffee with him, and he wants to be invited into our lives. He wants to be invited into our story. He wants to be invited into the things that we're facing. And when I started thinking about that invite as opposed to a duty or a responsibility or one of those things, it's really changed the way I've interacted with God. And it's really, I think, restored some wonder back to my life because to think about the fact that I've been invited 
by God to have a conversation with him. I'm invited by God to be a part of his mission in the world. And I get to invite God into, hey, God, my daughter's struggling with this. Would you be willing to, to step in here? Uh, God, I want to invite you into, you know, this uh, radio show that I get to do this afternoon. I want to invite you to just speak and work and move through this time together. And just thinking of that invite language when we talk about both our relationship with God and God's relationship with us, uh, I think could really be a, a game changer for us. I like that word invite. Yeah. It's, a, it's a big word. Yeah. It's a, yeah. We need to invite God into every minute of our day and then look for places to invite other people mm-hmm. into um, a discussion that can lead to their to their own soul and salvation. Yeah, yeah. I had a, fu- I had a fun uh, text yesterday. I was um, uh, chatting with a, a guy who I'm friends with for the last couple months, and he just really didn't see the need for Jesus. He's like, I, I pray to God and I know God. And, and he, he talked a lot about his connection with God, but he didn't understand the Jesus piece and all this. And so I continued to just chat with him. And uh, I was out at dinner last night and I got this text uh, from him. And uh, the first two words were, I'm in. And he oh, said, and he really? said, yeah. And he said, I can't wait to take communion uh, for the first time as a believer. And like, that was his first thought is he's like, I took it as a kid growing up in religion, but now I understand Jesus and I'm in, and I just, I, I couldn't stop smiling. And it's this invitation that I didn't try to push him. I didn't try to force him. I'm just like, man, I would love this for you. I want to invite you into this because I know God's going to do something in your life that is not going to happen with you just kind of keeping him at arm's length. And um, and I got to follow up with him again this morning, and just he is just he is so excited about his newfound faith in Christ. Uh, is there anything that's more exciting than that? Seriously, <laughs> yeah. You want to change your Christmas and make it the best ever? It'd be involved in somebody else's life when it comes to their spiritual life. Mm-hmm. People are spiritually very hungry, mm-hmm. and I think you have to. We have to be reminding each other of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of um, a lot of opportunity um, every day. Yeah, yeah, there really is. Well, um, as we talk about wonder, and I want to just touch on this one more time, and I want to thank all the listeners that provided some great input um, on wonder and how they're working out wonder in their life, because it's a real encouragement to us Mm -hmm. um, just to hear what people are doing. And when we uh, think of the, the birth of Christ and the fact that Jesus came to save the world of sin and that we're born into this world as a sinner, and the blood of Jesus on the cross is the only thing that can remove and cleanse us and give us righteousness. Mm-hmm. Um, that transformation, that minute of salvation where you receive the gift, that's the most wonderful, amazing piece of wonder I can ever fathom. Yeah. yeah. That you've gone from dead in your sins to alive in Christ in the twinkling of an eye. Yeah. And, and to think of John chapter 1, when he says he came to the world, and yet the world did not know him, and he came to his own people, and his own people didn't receive him. And then he says, but to all who did receive him, he gave the right to become children of God. Mm-hmm. And that is a powerful, powerful truth, that it's not that I have to be good enough. It's not that I have to have anything together. It's that he came, and all I need to do is receive it. I Mm -hmm. need to be open to receiving that. And that's why the shepherds got to experience the best Christmas ever. That's why the wise men got to experience the best Christmas ever because they were open and they received the star. They received Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's what made all the difference. And Jesus was, uh, the authorities wanted to kill him. Mm -hmm. 
His friends were confused by him. Mm-hmm. Family thought he was nuts. <laughs> and he was homeless. Yeah. Yep. But yet, he kept, he kept with us. He mm-hmm. kept inviting people forward. And even to the people, he invited everybody, but then there were certain people who had, and he said this over and over in the scriptures, he who has ears, let him hear. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, I've got an invitation here. He who's listening right now, come on forward. I can't wait to be in relationship with you. Mm-hmm. How would you uh, encourage someone listening that isn't right with God? Maybe they've checked the yes box for Christianity, but been, they're a cultural Christian. They, they were raised in a Christian family, but they haven't really come to a real saving faith. How would you lead them to that direction? Well, I think the, the biggest thing is just to admit that and to admit, hey, I'm not where I want to be. I'm not all I could be right now. And um, because that's really why Mary got to experience something great was she was humble before God. And she said, let it be as your servant. And so I think the first step is just being open to it, being humble enough to say, I can't manage my own life. I can't make it work. Uh, I'm not experiencing the same thing that that a true believer will experience. So I need to receive Mm -hmm. from you, and I've got to be humble enough to receive it. With 20 seconds, Jason, could you pray for those people who are hearing this message and knowing it's them? Lord Jesus, we just come before you now. We thank you, Lord, for your life. We thank you that you have given us an invitation. I pray, Lord, for all those listening who have not yet received that or not yet accepted that invitation that you have on their lives. Lord, I pray that today would be the day that they would step across that line of faith, that they would transfer their trust from trusting in themselves to trusting fully in you and you alone. And may you be glorified and praised as a result of this. And may you restore the wonder to all and every one of us. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Jason Stonehouse has been my guest, a pastor of Grace Church in Roseville. You can also go to his resource at lifeinprocess.com, lifeinprocess.com. Jason, thanks for being here. It's great to be here. Thanks yeah, so much for having so me. Thanks so much. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for listening and supporting Faith Radio. As you put your head on that pillow tonight, know that God is working out his great plan in your life. See you tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at myfaithradio.com.